Welcome to the Echo Ever Proudly podcast, episode three, focusing on the life of Father Horace McKenna. I'm Brian Egan from the class of 86 at Gonzaga, and I arrived on campus in the fall of 1982, just a few short months after Father McKenna passed away on May 12th. I never met him. So how do we understand Father Horace McKenna's place in Gonzaga's history, a Jesuit who actually never taught in a Gonzaga classroom? Well, we're going to talk to some people who knew him. Some who were very close with him, Father Kevin Gillespie and Father Tom Buckley. But we're going to start with Tom Delaney from the class of 75. Tom was our guest last week, and I asked him as a graduate in 1975 what his experience was like with Father McKenna doing work next door. Father McKenna saw human beings that needed help, and he helped them. And that was the example of his life. He taught us particularly the value of all human life, respect for others, regardless of color, creed, what have you. People who were struggling with challenges weren't less in his eyes. They were equal to all of us. And Father McKenna showed us that by the way he served those people. But Father McKenna really did it in a way that was just remarkable. That's Tom Delaney from the class of 75 with his memories of Father Horace McKenna. Now, I graduated in 1986. And if you've graduated any time after I did, you never knew Father Horace McKenna in person. So we're going to talk to a couple of the folks who did and who were so moved by the spirit that they saw in Horace. Welcome, Father Thomas Buckley over at Georgetown University now, spent many years on I Street. You've got some memories of Father McKenna we're going to get to, but first, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Brian, for an an aging man. Thank you for being our guest on the Echo Ever Proudly podcast. I really want to try to give today's Gonzaga student or anybody who's graduated after Horace passed away a sense of the man. You got to know him very well. First of all, I could get very emotional talking about Horace. He became a dear, dear friend. I didn't know very much about Father McKenna before I got to Gonzaga. When I got there, you know, Horace was part of the parish staff. And uh, for the most part, he was very, very active in the homes of the poor people who lived around Gonzaga in those days. You know, his name was out there. People knew who he was. And I remember being at one of the hotels downtown when we had the uh, Washingtonian of the Year Award dinner. I was at that dinner. And for some context, Father Buckley, that was the year, 1977, where Father McKenna was among a number of people who were honored for their work in the city by Washingtonian Magazine. It was just, it was just such a thrill to have Horace recognized by that level of, uh, of recognition in the district, because humble pre- priests who just do their work don't get much recognition. And that recognition was well-deserved. Father McKenna had just co-founded So Others Might Eat. He was instrumental in Sursum Corda, and his ministry to the poor of Washington was becoming legendary at that time. And as new students arrive on I Street, you made sure, Father Buckley, that they knew all about Father Horace McKenna. At that point, I was chaplain of the school, And I ran this program, kind of an early induction program for the incoming freshman class to get them into the spirit of Gonzaga, which really was the spirit of Horace, the spirit of service. You know, we were training students at Gonzaga to be of service to others. It was during our time there, the 32nd General Congregation was held in Rome. The terms men for others was coined rather than being theological about 
uh, division of the work of Jesuits, the work changed. Being men for others meant being involved in the social apostolate, you know, being involved with the poor, being involved with those on the margins of society. This was the new philosophy of the order. When I was chaplain, I would talk to the incoming freshmen. You know, I'd, I'd be trying to instill in them a, a feel for this uh, spirit of care for others. I would bring Horace in every single time to meet with them. Not only that, I would tell them all, I don't want you just to talk to him. Go up and shake hands with him, touch him, walk by him, because I really, truly believe he was a saint. And what he stood for and what he embodied was what we wanted, care of others, men for others. Almost anyone who had an encounter with Father Horace McKenna, especially in the last 10 years of his life, believed they were in the presence of a real saint. Father Kevin Gillespie is also our guest this week. Father, when was the first time you heard about Horace McKenna? My first year as a novice in 1975, we learned that Horace uh, was ill and we were praying for him. I think he had fallen and he had some serious surgery. But out of that prayer, we heard, well, who was this guy? And then eventually he recovered, thank God. And one of our guys, one of my fellow novices, was sent to work with him, I think, in the summer of 76. I arrived at Gonzaga in the summer of 1981. And that summer, I worked with Horace myself. So I got to know him. Father Gillespie, for everyone who remembers you at Gonzaga, why don't you give us an update and let us know where you're working these days? Yes, I serve as pastor of Holy Trinity Parish. Uh, I've been here this is my sixth year. But I had two wonderful years at Gonzaga. 1981 through 1983, teaching religious studies and coaching football and baseball. So if we look a little bit into the history of Father McKenna, we know that in 1921, while he was still studying to be a Jesuit, he was assigned to the Philippines and spent two years there, and the poverty was just unimaginable. In the early 1930s, he was assigned as a Jesuit parish priest to one of the poorest parishes in Southern Maryland. Yes, and he worked in Southern Maryland, which was very segregated at the time, and at considerable risk of his life and his ministry, he stood up for justice, racial justice. He worked with Father John Lafarge, who was sort of like a mentor. Father Lafarge was later the editor of America Magazine and wrote eloquently about racial issues in the 1940s and 50s. Well, Horace was living it down in Ridge, which was Southern Maryland, and the people there really formed him in a loving way to speak for justice as well as live out the spirit of charity. In a variety of ways, Father Horace McKenna was ahead of his time. He was definitely ahead of society, and in many ways, he was even ahead of the church and the way they viewed social justice. He was particularly attached to working with the Black community. Let's, let's be very clear on that. The world has changed a lot since then. We really are in an age of a new understanding of racism and racial inequality. In Horace's time, it was more meeting an immediate problem rather than repairing the past. You know, Horace was a man of the moment he did the work of, of meeting the people around him who were in need and then trying to uh, 
to help those people. Now, Father Gillespie, you got to see in action in some of the service programs that Gonzaga had the effect of having what is now known as the McKenna Center. It used to be known as the St. Vincent de Paul Center right there on I Street. Yeah, it's something when you see the poor and uh, my students, uh, there was a service program at the St. Vincent de Paul Center. And not just students worked there, but they reflected on the impact. The service model was reflective action. And the Gonzaga students were getting, if you will, cutting edge educational pedagogy. Well, there they were watching Horace, speaking with Horace, the homeless, men with names, walk by and you see someone on the street in a hot summer day, and you know that person's name. Our cold stay on the grates of a cold day in February, and you know that person's name. And Horace helped us to learn those people's names. They were not just bodies walking around. There were men these were all men coming to the Vincent de Paul Center. Father Buckley, there was always a humility to Father McKenna. It didn't matter how well known he became or what the celebration was. He always wanted to sort of turn it back around. I believe it was his 50th anniversary as a priest. People wanted to have a big celebration for Horace. They wanted to have a big banquet, set up a big thing. And Horace said, no, 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 uh-uh, no, I want sandwiches. I want the doors open. I want everybody invited to it. I don't want the champagne. I don't want people to, uh, to be celebrating me. I want it to be a celebration for everybody. Gonzaga mothers, ladies of the parish. I think they made about a thousand sandwiches for this celebration. They lined it all up. You know, I think the gymnasium was built at that time. It was in there and all these folks came. That's the way Horace would do it. A street party. That's what he wanted. Father Gillespie, what was your impression of how Horace spoke? There was a wisdom that he sort of embodied. He was slow and he stammered in a certain way, but the stammer was another piece of his vulnerability as well as his strength, because when he spoke, people listened. I remember hearing, being with him at the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, and they were talking about support persons. And Horace in his early 80s, it seemed like he was falling asleep. But he always would wake up and then give that insightful proverb when he said, in his stammering way, he said, I, I, I hear this all about support persons, but Jesus had his support persons. It was his blessed mother. Even Jesus needed a support person. And then he sat down and you're just there. I guess he's right. One story, I don't know if you know that, you know, many Jesuits at the time would get doctorates and Horace was brilliant. But I think he told me that he developed a stammer so he wouldn't be asked to go for a doctorate. He wanted to use his intelligence and his considerable wisdom to serve the poor in parishes and and different ways of uh, touching people's lives. Now, Father Buckley, I heard you have a story that pretty much sums up and embodies the kindness and the mercy of Father McKenna. Horace was a parish priest. Remember that. And he came to St. Aloysius from St. Peter Claver Parish in Southern Maryland. And down there to get around, he had to have a car. I mean, how else did you get around? Uh, He had to get special permission, of course, being a Jesuit, to uh, have personal use of a car. I don't know how he did it, but he got this Renault, this old red Renault. 
And um, he drove that all over Southern Maryland in parishes. And he brought that up with him, he drove to DC. And he used to park the Renault out in the schoolyard behind the uh, residence. Always thinking about other people, Horace never locked the doors. His point was, there's going to be somebody homeless out there who is going to need a place to spend the night. If they've got no place else, they can use my car. He had his share of homeless fellows who would come and, and spend the night in the car. At one point, one of the fellas, I think it was Mr. Mullins, he took the car. They had to let the police know that the car was stolen. A few days later, they got word Mr. Mullins had gotten the car out to West Virginia and he was in jail. Horace puts this sign up on the board in the community at, at Gonzaga saying, like St. Ignatius himself, Mr. Mullins is in jail. And Michael Cavanaugh and I are going to go get him out. The two of them got one of the house cars and they headed out to West Virginia to get Mr. Mullins. After going around the Beltway twice, they got there, they picked up Mr. Mullins, got him out of jail, they refused to press charges, and brought him back to D.C. That was typical of Horace. He was always trying to do what he could for the other person and not, not really holding any ill will against anybody. They were, it was just total excitement that they were able to bring Mullins back to D.C., a free man. And it's somewhat biblical. It's kind of like the shepherd going after the lost sheep. Father Gillespie, as Gonzaga celebrates its bicentennial this year, and we celebrate the heroes in the history of I Street, Father McKenna's got to be right there at the top of the list. When you think about his legacy and the impact he's had on Gonzaga and on Washington, D.C., how do you how do you put it into words for those who never knew him? I know outside the chapel at Gonzaga, there's a picture of Horace, and there's a sacred way, not just for the men at that time, but the ongoing generations to say, who is this? And what a privilege it was to have this icon, really a Washingtonian religious icon, serving the poor, but also acting for justice. He said to me once, Kevin, what we need to do is be able to have lunch with the poor, such as some, but also have an education that we could be rubbing shoulders at the Waldorf Astoria. That was the Jesuit education, to be both men for others with the poor, but also men for others with those of the educated, the wealthy, and to make a bridge that Christ is with all the men and women. And he would say that and live it. Father Buckley, you got to see personally the impact that Father McKenna had with his ministry. Tell me about what you saw at his wake. He was waked in the church. His body was laid out there. What I remember the most about that was this one African-American lady came in. She came up the aisle toward the, the coffin. She came up close to Horace, bent over him in the coffin because it was an open coffin, and she fell down on top of him. And she threw her arms around his corpse. And she just kept saying, my father, my father, my father. And it was person to person. In the neighborhood, the people couldn't say McKenna. That didn't mean anything. They called him McKinney, Father McKinney. That was Horace McKenna. It truly was. Father Gillespie, I've heard this legend about Horace and his baptism. Do you know that story? Well, I heard it from his uh, nephew, a Jesuit, 
at the funeral. He said, you know, when Horace was baptized, the father goes up and presents the baby to the priest. And the priest said, you want his name to be Horace? There's no St. Horace. Father, there will be a St. Horace. Early February uh, night to 1982, Horace approached me after dinner, very cold, freezing. And in his stammering way, he, he would stammer. And he, he said, Kevin, would you do me a favor? I said, sure, Horace. And he said, I, I want to be where Jesus is tonight. And I said, what do you mean, Horace? He said, I want to be with the homeless. Can you drive me there? So we get in the car, drive a mile or so away. I bring Horace there. He gets out of the car. And there is the line of the homeless men welcoming Horace into the homeless shelter for that night. And I saw it with my eyes and it was like, oh my gosh, this is a holy man. I had heard about it, but I watched it. And I watched the poor hug and embrace Horace in his cane. His last words to me the day before he died, when I visited him in the hospital, he looked at me, he says, uh, Kevin, remember always to find Christ in the face of another person, whether poor, or wealthy, and for me, it was also helped me to find in the face of my juniors at Gonzaga or the first year, the second year seniors to see that Horace was like the Mother Teresa of Washington, D.C. And we'll see. Maybe someday down the road, he will be St. Horace McKenna, just like she's St. Mother Teresa now. Father Thomas Buckley at Georgetown, thank you so much for visiting with us and sharing your memories of Father McKenna. Thank you, Brian. And Father Gillespie, all the best to you over at Holy Trinity. We'll see you soon. All right. Take care. There's definitely more to cover when it comes to Father Horace McKenna. He had a very direct influence on the life of Gabriel Smith, the first African-American to graduate from Gonzaga in 1954. We'll visit with Gabe and get his memories of Father McKenna later this fall. So be sure to be following, subscribing to the Echo Ever Proudly podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We've got another special guest this week on the Echo Ever Proudly podcast as we focus on the life of Father Horace McKenna, Dr. Kimberly Cox. Dr. Cox, welcome. Thanks, Brian. Since 2014, Dr. Cox has been the president of the McKenna Center located underneath St. Al's Church, formerly known to a lot of students as the St. Vincent de Paul Center. And the Gonzaga community is doing something special with the McKenna Center this Saturday. We are holding our fifth annual Walk for McKenna. We walk in the footsteps of Father McKenna, the neighborhood where he used to go. And I have to definitely agree with uh, Father Buckley and Father Gillespie. He certainly is considered a saint by all of us. And it'll be great the day that he can become a real saint. He genuinely cared about folks. Dr. Cox, it's been almost 40 years since Father McKenna passed away. You and your team are continuing his legacy of service to the community. How do you explain to the new members of your team, the young ones, who Father McKenna really was? So his whole idea was to meet people where they were. And so he'd walk about the neighborhood. He would have $2 to give to someone if they needed to take the baby to the doctor. Or he'd have 75 cents in his pocket, which is what you might need to buy formula. One of the neighbors was about to be evicted because she didn't have the $11 for rent. So he went and pestered all the other members of St. Aloysius Gonzaga Jesuit community, folks that he found in the parish, to put together the 11 bucks to help this family stay in their house. So when we do our walk, we're really following in his footsteps and really learn 
why Father McKenna just loved the people in this neighborhood. If you want to help, you can make a safe donation on their website at fathermckennacenter.org. If you're listening to this before Saturday the 25th, come on down. We'll start registration at 8 o'clock, and you can register there. We'll take donations. The best thing that you can do for us also is just to pray. Pray for my staff and pray for all the people we serve. We certainly will. And thank you for joining us on the Echo Ever Proudly podcast, Dr. Kimberly Cox, president of the McKenna Center. That was a pleasure, Brian. You take care. Will do. And looking ahead to episode four of the Echo Ever Proudly podcast, two pillars of I Street, Coach Alvin Maddox and Coach Joe Jackson. They both just retired after an illustrious career on I Street. And for Joe Jackson, it was one that began by meeting Father Horace McKenna. When I came in for my interview, they told me to come through the side door by the large smokestack. So I was coming through the Jesuit community. Now I introduced myself as uh, Joe Jackson. I'm here for an interview. He says, well, I'm Father Horace McKenna. He says, come on in, Joe. So we talked as we walked. And he said to me, he says, well, welcome to Gonzaga. It's nice to have you on campus. And I'm looking at him like, I haven't accepted the job yet. Coach Jackson, Coach Maddox, special guests on next week's Echo Ever Proudly podcast. Let everyone that you know that loves Gonzaga know about the Echo Ever Proudly podcast. Subscribe, follow, share. And if you have any suggestions, any story ideas, any guests you think we need to have on, shoot me an email, podcast at gonzaga.org. I'm Brian Egan. Until next time, ad maorium, dei gloriam, and hail Gonzaga. Oh.